If you're here for the first time and I see a lot of unfamiliar faces, just want to welcome you. And my name is Hojin, and I'm one of the three pastors here, Pastor Bill, who just introduced uh, the new members. And uh, poor Pastor Danny is uh, suffering in Hawaii for his brother-in-law's wedding. So <clears throat> we're super jealous of him. But today I have the privilege of preaching God's word. Wasn't that such a good video? Um, it was from an episode of uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't know if anyone watches that anymore. But uh, I have to admit and confess my sins. I'm totally bought into this athleisure culture. I typed in athleisure with A-T-H hyphen leisure, and it wants to autocorrect it into one word, no hyphen. Isn't that crazy? It's a thing that we wear athletic clothing and do anything but athletic activity. I have more dry fit stuff sneakers, even athletic gear, then accurately reflects my activity level, <laughs> unfortunately. And this athleisure fad is so interesting because it's motivated by everyone who wants to appear active, right? You don't want to be known as a couch potato. You don't want to be known as inactive. And we, if we could potentially show that we are active, at least by the things that we wear, we'll wear it, right? Some of you buy nice shoes with the most cushioning, the lightest shoes ever. And then you just walk <laughs> to and from work and home. And I'm guilty of it too. <clears throat> Last week, we began a new series uh, looking through several themes in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is an anthology of very pithy, memorable, and sometimes even extreme sayings. These things are very practical, but we have to know that it's not just practical advice. It's much more than that. The book of Proverbs points to ultimate truths. They're, they're memorable statements about ultimate truths, about who God is, about humanity, about the world. And some of these Proverbs pierce us at the heart because they want to point out some of the ways that we live maybe in contradiction to these ultimate truths. They function like this Nike ad kind of exposing, you know, yeah, it was a lot of women, but come on, guys, like, we're guilty of it too, right? What we put out there is actually not the case. We all want to be wise. There's no one in here It's like, oh, I want to be unwise. I want to be a fool. I want to be known as someone who doesn't have it together. And these Proverbs lovingly poke us. You're, we're going to read some, and they're going to be a little harsh, so know that it's not me, okay? Don't blame me. That's God. He's wanting to be direct with you. Through Proverbs, we are shown what wisdom is and what wisdom looks like, but we're also shown what wisdom is not, what wisdom does not look like. So this morning, we want to look at what wisdom is not. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at a couple of passages. So put your thumb or a bookmark on uh, these three passages, and we're going to look at a bunch of them because Proverbs doesn't go in topical order. They're supposed to be read all the way through and for each person to glean, right? Pastor Bill led us through this last week, to glean the themes and the commonalities, to connect the dots, and in connecting those dots, that's how we become wise. So we're going to start with Proverbs 13, and if you're looking ahead, we're going to look at Proverbs 21. And Proverbs 26. So Proverbs 13, 21, and 26. 
And if you don't have your Bible, you can read along with me on the screen. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul, soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. I'll read that again. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. And then jumping to chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. All the day long, all day long, he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. And then lastly, Proverbs 26. This is the longest portion of our scripture this morning. Verses 13 to 16. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray before we continue. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you that it functions as a guide for our lives. But more than that, we thank you that the Bible is your message of love, hope, and joy to us. We thank you that your son is described as being the word. So we come to you this morning in a desire not to just gain wisdom, but we want to experience more of your son, Jesus Christ. We want to see that living in your ways leads to our greatest fulfillment, And for those reasons, may your word be our light and our life this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a major theme in the book of Proverbs, the idea of uh, the sluggard and the diligent. The sluggard and the diligent. And I know we don't use that word a lot, the sluggard, but essentially there's no, no question about it. It's a lazy person. The sluggard is a lazy person. And before the wives are really excited and like, hun, this is for you, or you're hoping that your friend, your roommate, somehow listens to this sermon sometime later on, before we get too excited, we need to realize that all of us need to check ourselves. These Proverbs are written in a way where they actually do make us uncomfortable. The Proverbs are written in a way to go, wait a second, are you talking about me? Because more than we'd like to admit, all of us are lazy in one area of our lives or or another. And that's that's fact of the matter. We are lazy in one area of our lives or another. A sluggard is someone who is hesitant and slow to action. Someone who is consistently choosing the easy way out. The sluggard is someone who is indecisive and has this habit habit of making small, small, small compromises over and over and over. The sluggard is someone who is unwilling to face difficulties and even face reality. And that sounds a lot like me, if I'm really honest. Problems that I tend to sweep under the rug or responsibilities that I prefer to avoid, relationships that I would rather not try to mend, habits that I know need to change but I don't do anything about it. Slow to act, 
That sounds like me. So today we want to look at these Proverbs and we want to look at two dangers. Two dangers of laziness because the alternative, the, the wisdom for everyday life is in diligence. But we have to look at the dangers of laziness. So two dangers of laziness. Two dangers of laziness. Again, we read Proverbs 13.4 and it says, The slow soul, slow, soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Gets nothing. That's the first danger, that laziness will never satisfy us. Laziness will never satisfy us. One Bible commentator writes that the sluggard is always wishing, but never working. The sluggard has constantly these unmet desires, these unmet cravings, but he or she is unwilling to put in the necessary effort, time, and energy into pursuing them. And we also read Proverbs 21. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. It's these desires are never met that are weighing down on the sluggard, on this lazy person, because this person is unwilling to do anything about those desires. All day long, he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. These are things that will never be fulfilled in the sluggard's heart, because he's unwilling to do anything about it. He's being passive. He's being inactive. And verse 26 is the alternative. But the righteous gives and does not hold back. The arrows of the sluggard's heart are always pointing in. Give me, give me, give me, give me. But the righteous has the arrows pointed outwards. The righteous is is oriented towards other people. And the righteous person's heart is always looking for the benefit of others. And this is where I want to make two clarifications on what it means to be diligent and what it means to actually be restful, biblically. Because we could talk about laziness, right? That, that's an obvious thing that, that we should avoid. But what's the alternative? So there's two clarifications, especially for, here, for us here at Cornerstone. There's a difference between laziness and rest. Laziness is about self-preservation, not willing to do more than what's required, not willing to give more than what's required because I want I have my cravings. I have my desires. But rest, rest is about self-preparation. It's resting so that I can prepare to give, so that I can plan on doing and giving as much as possible. I think that's what biblical rest is. And secondly, there's a difference between perfectionism and diligence. Perfectionism is about working hard for self-gain how I can make my life better, how I can improve myself. But diligence is about working hard for others' gain. How can I be more of a benefit and a blessing to others? Proverbs 21, 26 says, the righteous gives and holds nothing back. Proverbs 13 said that the righteous or the diligent will be fulfilled. Laziness will never satisfy us. So we need to operate on that spectrum of diligence and and rest, don't we? But so many of us in our work, in our relationships, in our responsibilities, we function on perfectionism and laziness. 
And this sermon isn't to make you all feel guilty about not doing enough. Because diligence, we, don't, we have to be careful that we're not confusing diligence with perfection or even success. Some of the most diligent people in my life have failed a lot. But they've been faithful. They've gotten up and they've tried again. They've still worked hard even when they didn't get the results that they wanted. So when we talk about laziness, we're talking about habitual, consistent choosing of ourselves. When we're talking about diligence, we're talking about habitual, consistent choosing of God and other people. That's what diligence is. This is a picture of my dad. He's a good-looking man, right? Uh, he's 60. He looks pretty dang good. <laughs> I hope I look like that at 60. Uh, but I got him this fishing shirt on Father's Day, and he took a picture and, showed, and texted it to me. And he's one of the hardest-working people I know. Uh, there was a stretch in his life where he woke up at 5.55 every morning. No alarm clock. I don't know how he did that. I think in my whole life, I've only heard his alarm go off three times. Like, ever. And that was because he had to wake up at 3 instead of 5.55. And a few months back, when I was visiting my parents, I woke up at around 6 o'clock and I heard voices. And uh, not like, like voices, voices. <clears throat> but actual voices. And, um, and I was like, oh, my mom and dad, they must be talking. And I don't know why, but I was, I was alert, uh, and I was listening, and, and my dad was praying. He was praying for his day. He was praying for his church, and then he was praying for every single person in my family. And I got out of bed, and I, 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 like a snuck, so I snuck a peek downstairs, and he was on his knees praying. He's waking up early so that he can maximize and capitalize on this time that he can pray for others. And that, that put a whole different lens on his diligence. I thought he was doing it to go to the store to earn more money, but he was actually devoting that time in prayer for the sake of others in his life. When we contrast wise living against the sluggard's life, Proverbs tells us that we are created and wired by God to find our greatest satisfaction in being oriented towards others. Laziness will never satisfy us, but diligence for the sake of others will satisfy. That's what Proverbs is telling us. The soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor all day long. He craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. We sang about the everlasting God. He never grows weary. We get to experience that in our diligence. That's the first danger. Laziness will never satisfy us. And then let's reread Proverbs 26, starting from verse 13. The sluggard says, There's a lion in the road, there is a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. And by the way, the sluggard is always a guy. Wisdom is always a female. I don't know what, what that's trying to say. But thank you, Lord. 
Verse 15, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish, but it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. This is, I think, by far the scariest danger of laziness. Because the sluggard has no idea that he's lazy. He's oblivious. He's, he's so prone to inactivity and being passive that they're the last ones to get the punchline to the joke. He's so lazy. He, he wants food. He craves, craves it. Too tired to even bring it up and put it in his face. As a door is attached to the hinges, so a sluggard is to his bed. And that's such a vivid, even graphic thing to think about. It's as if the sluggard is stuck, but it's a willing, willingness to be stuck. He's okay with it. It's his bed. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes, even if no one else thinks so. The second danger is that laziness will always deceive us. Laziness will always deceive us. In the first part of Proverbs 26, 13, the sluggard makes an excuse for his inactivity and passivity. He says, there's a lion in the road, there's a lion in the streets. Is that, is that as if we were to say, oh, it might rain, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to risk it. Oh, 20%? Oh, let's not do it. There's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the street. It's an absurd excuse to not do anything. In reality, what's keeping him from his inaction or keeping him from doing action is in verse 14. He prefers to stay hinged to his bed. He loves sleep so much that it's as if he's physically tethered. The slugger gives outrageous excuses that fool nobody. The slugger buries his hand in the dish and wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. It's obvious. It's, it's, uh, one commentator says it's tragically comedic that he wants the food and he can't even put in the effort to feed himself. He's the punchline to the joke and he doesn't even know it. And one of the most deceptive excuses for laziness is how we concede to imperfection. And I see this in myself. I see this a lot, even in the people around me. We point to different reasons to say, oh, but, you know, this is who I am. Oh, I'm an introvert, so I can't do big group things. Oh, I'm, I'm laid back and chill. I can't follow a schedule. I'm West Coast. I'm from the South. Don't bother me about you, like, Bostonian lifestyle, you know? And then we take it further, and even Christians do this. We say, oh, I'm never going to be perfect like Jesus. He'll forgive me. I'll be okay. This is how God made me. And God will deal with this when I have more time later, later in my life. One of my favorite preachers, he says the sluggard's favorite day is tomorrow. When are you going to do that? 
oh, tomorrow, I'll take care of it. The same uh, pastor, he, he says this. When the sluggard says, I can't, he really means I won't. When the sluggard says, I can't, he really means I won't. What are some of the things in your life that you consistently and habitually say, I can't do? The things that you know you're supposed to do. The things that you know that God tells you to do. The things that you know are right. What types of things do you consistently, on the opposite end of the spectrum, are you willing to do? I, I can do that. And for whom are you willing to do anything? Because for the sluggard, it shows who the sluggard loves the most. So I don't have a good memory. I, I'm going to confess that up in the front. I, I meet so many of you, and I, I try my best to remember your names, and I have to confess that I can't remember all of them. It's not because I don't love you. I just have a bad memory. I get in trouble by my wife all the time because of my bad memory. But you know what I can remember? All the times in my life when the New York Yankees have won a championship. <laughs> I'm from New York, and I've, I remember where I was, who I was with. I look up on Wikipedia for the roster because I want to memorize the roster. What's my problem? It's because I love the New York Yankees. <laughs> I love them. I get into a lot of trouble because I love them, but I love them. But then there are these other areas of my life that I say I can't do. And I, I'm guilty of this too, but memorizing scripture. I'm very kind of general about memorizing scripture. And some of you know, I, I've been trying to promote more of a precision around knowing scripture, promote more of a scripture memorization, I, and I'm trying to do that with y'all. But it's not so much I can't do it, it's I won't. Some of us have gone to higher education, not just getting a um, bachelor degree, but master's. Some of you have PhDs. You're, you're, you're doing stuff that I can't even imagine doing. You memorize things for exams that I can't even think about reading. But we say we can't memorize some scripture. It's not can't, it's won't. <clears throat> I came across this video that was so good. I have to show it to you. Yeah, I just have to show it to you. Yeah. A. Ask and it will bring in to seek and you will find. B. Be kind when to nettle. C. Cast your chaos on the Lord and he will sustain you. D. Do not be anxious about anything. E. Every good and perfect gift is from above. F. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. G. God is our refuge, thanks faith, and everything hope and trouble. H. He alone is my walk and my salvation. I. I praise because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. J. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. Ever, ever. Okay. Know that the Lord is God. Is he who made us. L. Love the Lord your God 
with all your heart and all your soul. M. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. N. Now, if is being short, but what we hopeful and certain we do not see. O. Oh God, you're all my God. Honestly, I seek you. P. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Q. A quiet spirit is of great worth in God's sight. R. Rejoice in Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. S. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. T. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You. Under his wings, you'll find refuge. His swiftness will be your shield. B. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. W. We are modern conquerors through him who loved us. X. May I never boast except on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? You are the light of the world. Z. Zion heals and rejoices. Excellent. That video is two minutes, 46 seconds long. That's more scripture than I could probably recite if you quiz me right now. <clears throat> I'm not trying to make myself feel bad. I'm not trying to make you all feel bad. But we can't say that we love God and we love the Bible and we want to follow him. Not, not, not because we don't memorize it, but to put in that work. Because... No one becomes like Jesus. No one becomes wise by accident, by coincidence. That was a child who could barely distinguish the R sound with the W sound and the TH sound with the D sound, but he knows scripture. The prayer is that he would live those things out. He would experience them for himself and come to know the God that he's, he's memorized about, the God that, that his dad, I, I'm guessing, has been quizzing him and instilling into him. And I don't want us to think about just scripture memorization. I'm just saying, where are you diligent? Because some of, some of us, we know our athletes' statistics, how many points per game, rebounds, per, whatever. Some of us know quotes from our favorite TV shows because we love those so much. And we come here on Sundays, we say that we love God, but do we know what he has told us? Do we know what he's trying to communicate to us? The ultimate things. Instead of knowing about the New York Yankees, I need to devote that same type of energy, the same capacity into the things of God. And laziness is so deceptive because it makes us into excuse makers. And also produces foolish pride in us. In Proverbs 26, 16, it says, The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. Even in the face of seven other people, he's wiser in his own estimation 
than if seven sensible people are trying to talk to him. And the irony is that I have not met any wise, truly wise people who think of themselves as wise. The wisest people in my life have been the people who want more wisdom than anybody else around me. The sluggard believes that he's wiser than he actually is. The sluggard may not believe that he's the wisest person, but he thinks he's doing pretty well. The sluggard is probably thinking, oh, I'm not that bad. I'm probably wiser than like 50% of the population. There's a a pastor in Korea. His name is Namjoon Kim from Yelin Church in Seoul. And he wrote this book in Korean that got translated recently. That's titled, Busy for Self, Lazy for God. I was almost scared to open it. Right? That title alone, Busy for Self, Lazy for God. He writes this. Our laziness is often hidden from us, which makes it all the more difficult to account for and defend against. But make no mistake, its subtlety means that it is more of an evil, not less of one. The insidiousness of lethargy marks it as one of Satan's allies, a rogue servant of the coy snake, the serpent in Genesis 3. Laziness is dangerous because it will never satisfy us, but it also will deceive us. This subtle sin deceives us just like the serpent did to Adam and Eve that led to so much hurt, so much brokenness in this world. You know, this morning, I don't doubt that all of us have good intentions. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But today, Proverbs is telling us very straightforward that good intentions have to lead to action and initiative. Because I don't doubt that we want to do good with our lives. I don't doubt that we want to live for God. We want to love Him. But laziness is cutting us from underneath. And for a lot of us, it's keeping us from getting started. God has so much more in store for you. He says that you'll be satisfied if you're diligent. He said you'll come to know what righteousness is through your diligence. Later this week, excuse me, I'm turning 35. I'm not as excited, uh, to be honest. But I'm turning 35 later this week, and I feel like I've been preparing for this message it wasn't so much me preparing for, to share what you need to hear. It was me preparing for what I need to hear for this upcoming year. I felt like God was saying, are you growing in wisdom? Are you growing in your diligence? I felt like he was saying, where have you let laziness kind of go too free, go unaddressed? And for me in particular, it's the social injustices and the systemic brokenness that, that we've, we're exposed to more than ever. The past couple of weeks, hearing about the separation of families has been very difficult. And there's some moms and dads here that could never imagine being separated from their child. Yesterday I was in New York to celebrate my, my nephew's 100th day of life celebration. I could never imagine my sister being separated from my nephew. There's still 
1,800 children have been separated, not yet united, to their parents. It has been really difficult to see scripture being misused to justify a political agenda. Lord, have mercy. And these things are happening in this country. They're signs of broken people in a broken world. And let it be clear, these are wrong things. On the flip side, though, it's been so encouraging to see some of you, some of the people in the world, step up and actually do something. It's been encouraging to see a lot of you take action, to donate to, to different causes and organizations. Some of you are planning to go to these rallies. Family belong, families belong together on Saturday. It's been encouraging that some of you, it's not just a hashtag that you're adding, but it's costing you something and you're doing something about it. You're participating. Well done. Keep doing it. And it's hard to recognize sometimes because things of this world seem so broken. But today, today, yesterday, I was just reflecting and I felt like God was reminding me that he knows exactly what's going on, that there's wisdom in the way that he started the church. Even Jesus himself in John chapter 14, verse 12, do you know what he says about the disciples that are yet to come? He says that you all are going to do greater things than I've done. And I think it's because if all of us diligently lived out this orientation towards others, if we diligently lived out our faith, our love for God, our love for people, this would be an unstoppable force for good, even just the people here. There's wisdom even in the church that all of us can kind of spread out our reach and impact the world in Jesus' name. We can make God known. We can show that our excellent, diligent work at our jobs, our schools, our relationships, the way we handle ourselves even physically, financially, it's because we love God and we want to love others. So this upcoming year, this 35th year of my life, I want to grow in wisdom and diligence because it's a lot more at stake than whether I'm getting smarter, whether I'm making good decisions. What's at stake is that I need to grow so that the others around me can grow. I need to be full. I need to be satisfied. I have to have a clear perception of myself so that I can help others. Look out for their, their well-being. And Cornerstone, our, our prayer is that we would be a community that invites others to speak into any areas of laziness in our lives. Spouses, you should be asking your, your significant other, hey, where, like you could be straight up with me, where do you think I'm being a little lazy? And just make a plan. It's not about perfection. It's about the, the effort, time, and energy put into trying to be diligent for the sake of God. We need to be a community that's willing to point out others' laziness in love and with a lot of grace and a lot of tact. But it would help a lot if we invited one another to speak into our lives, roommates and friends. Because the dangers of laziness have to be kept out. Too much is at stake. Because the fruits of wisdom and diligence are too worth it. They're they're too valuable to just let slip out of our hands.
In Proverbs, we read about the sluggard, and it, it does feel like a sting, right? Like a stab in the heart. It pierces us. But I hope that it's like an antiseptic to a wound, bitter medicine that will make us whole and healthy again. When we read these Proverbs, and please read them on your own, I hope that it becomes, the response that comes out of you is, may it never be so in me. May it never be so in the people around me. That needs to be our prayer. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. It really is your word. We pray that no agenda was driving it other than us wanting to see you, us wanting to become more like you, because that's what you've promised. We pray we would cherish the word for what it is. It is you on paper. It is, it is your voice. It is a gift from you, God. You want us to know you. You want us to behold you. You want us to cherish you. You want us to know what you look like, how you act. Help us to see you more and more as we read scripture. We pray for this community, that it will be a community of wisdom, not because we're just learning things, but we're committing to action the things that we already know. We're choosing you and we're choosing others before we're choosing ourselves. And God, we, we don't want to come to you in, in guilt. We want, actually want to come to you in a desire for more freedom and more joy. So strengthen my sisters and brothers here. We pray for the universal church too. We pray for those who are so-called Christians using your word to, to get away with stuff that is not right in your eyes. Help them to realize their sin, to repent and come back to you. And we pray for the universal church to rally together and show the, the heart of diligence, exhibit a wisdom that this world has never seen before, and that we would be participants in winning more souls to the kingdom of God. So thank you so much for who you are, all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.